Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Honor Jesus. Amen. Doesn't that feel good to just pray for other people, other needs other than yours? Oftentimes we can be so consumed with our own life and we don't even think of what other people around us are going through. But there's no greater joy than caring and praying for other people. Uh, There's no greater joy. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive it is such a blessing you know when you give or when you pray when you're on your knees uh just meet the need of somebody else i want to welcome you if you came here today you're surprised you thought rapture happened rapture didn't happen uh what is happening is wedding in agape house of worship hallelujah i think there are three weddings going on this weekend isn't that amazing can we put our hands together it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, we have two of our, three really, of our members uh, getting married, Maryland, New Jersey, and that has brought a few people also around, uh, you know, who are, you know, used to be here, no longer here, you know, still here. Amen. Can you wave your hands? Uh, all right. We have a few of our friends. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, and we look forward to, you know, a wonderful time. I will be traveling right after service to go to Maryland uh, to go perform a wedding of one of our members, Norma, uh, who is getting married today in Maryland. All right. So I will be driving. I'm praying in the spirit that there will be no traffic so I don't delay the wedding. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And some of us will be attending other weddings as well. We just praise God for what he's doing. He's, so far, I think it's been like 11 or 12 this year, 11 weddings. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? And I think, uh, I think we can do more, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. We do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We can do one in the morning and the afternoon. Whatever it takes to get them married, we will do it. I just pray, God, you open the eyes of our single guys here. Open their eyes in Jesus' name. Lord, just bless us in Jesus' name. Lord, bring them. Lord, let there be divine connection, divine arrangement, divine alignment in Jesus' name. Wow. I'm getting fired up about this wedding today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you're good, good, good father. Good, good father. You care for the lonely. You're the God of the lonely, the rejected, the abandoned. And we thank you. Because even in our moment of loneliness, emptiness, isolation, and disconnection, 
we can always run to you. You ask us to come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can find grace and mercy in our time of need. And we thank you because you will speak to us this morning. You will plant your seed in our hearts. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. We started this message last uh, Sunday. Uh, you are not alone. And we spent last Sunday really describing the epidemic of loneliness that is going on in America especially. The, because of the modern life, uh, the modern life is causing us to be lonelier and lonelier. Even though we are more connected than we think, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, iMessage, text message, uh, all kinds of social media that is meant to connect us together. But we're lonelier because that is also taking away from our relationship, our ability to truly connect the way God has called us to come and connect. That is giving us an excuse to really avoid each other. And we were not made to be lonely people. In fact, when God made Adam, he said, it is not good for him to be alone. It's not good for him to be alone. I will make him and help her meet for him. It's a general message. It's not just a message for getting married. It's a message that is about our need for connection, our need for relationship. Uh, it's very fundamental. It's very important. When we abandon that or we downplay that, it's only a question of time before we begin to realize something is missing. And that's what is going on in our society today. Suicide rate is up. Uh, up more than what you can think. The drug usage is up, uh, you know, because people are trying to cure uh, this incurable disease of loneliness. It cannot be cured by meditation, medication, cannot be cured by just going to parties, going to the bar, you know, every night or every Friday. It cannot be cured by those things. It's only God or true, I mean, using meaningful relationship in our life that can cure this. So uh, it's very important for us to note this. The interesting thing about loneliness is it can be, have a lot of people around you and still be lonely. There are so many lonely people who are not necessarily physically disconnected from people. It used to be loneliness is for people who are older. You know, we are, you know, all the kids are gone, people have lost their spouses, then they are alone. It used to be loneliness is for missionaries or people on trip who are away for many, many weeks, months, then they disconnected their, their family, then they feel lonely, they feel abandoned. Now, statistics shows even among the elderly, the rate of loneliness is reducing while it is increasing among the general population. It's an epidemic. Uh, you know, um, but God has an answer. Hallelujah. And he's always had an answer. You don't have to go through your life. And I don't know how you feel, whether you're listening to me here or online or, you know, listening to these messages, you know, months and years after it has been preached. Uh, I don't know how you feel. Maybe you have, maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel empty. Those are some of the words people use. Uh, to describe this feeling of, of loneliness. Maybe you feel so empty. 
Maybe your feeling is a feeling of isolation. You just feel so isolated or abandoned. Maybe you can describe yours as being excluded from what is going on around you. Sometimes we feel so excluded from what is going on, from what God is doing, from what other people are experiencing. Sometimes we feel left out. Sometimes we feel so disconnected. And there are a group of people who feel misunderstood or misjudged. That, that's, those are feelings that can also, you know, make us really, really lonely. You know, just, just feel alone, feel lonely, disconnected. And the worst thing about loneliness is it is very, very crippling uh, because we were not meant to be in that state. Loneliness is physically, spiritually, emotionally crippling. And we described some of them last week. It cripples you emotionally. You know, survey shows that 80% of psychiatric patients, uh, they seek help simply because they are lonely. Loneliness is the root cause. You know, counselors will tell you it is actually the leading cause of suicide. You know, when people feel lonely, hopeless, abandoned, misjudged, misunderstood, they just feel, you know what, the pain is too much. People rarely commit suicide because of physical pain. No, people commit suicide because of emotional pain. They just feel nobody can reach that place. In fact, oftentimes they feel people around them don't understand what they are going through, so they feel even more alone. Uh, sometimes people around them even contribute to the problem because they can't understand and sometimes they add to uh, the problem. So loneliness can be emotionally crippling. It can also be physically crippling. We've talked about uh, the rate of diseases uh, increases. Uh, being lonely, uh, you know, cuts people's lifespan by 15 years. It's an equivalent of smoking 15 packs of cigarettes every single day. So loneliness has become the new smoking, all right? It's an epidemic at the level where smoking used to be, uh, you know, years ago, uh, before, you know, there was a national or maybe international fight against it that has reduced it. But loneliness can also be spiritually crippling. Uh, when people experience loneliness, they tend to drop out of church. They tend to uh, be very angry at God. They tend to be very angry at the same people that God has sent into their life. They seem to, you know, want to just run away from home, run away from people who care for them, run away from people who love them. They tend to just bury themselves in self-pity. Uh, you know, and all these things, you know, and it cripples you spiritually, allows you not to really be fulfilled and experience God. Uh, so the sad thing about people who are lonely really is the people who are lonely hardly seek the most important thing they should be seeking. And that's the sad reality. People who are lonely hardly seek God, uh, who is the answer to loneliness. People who are lonely hardly seek God. In fact, they hardly seek people, you know, who uh, can help them in time of loneliness. When they do, sometimes they even seek the wrong people. 
who can add to their problems, add to their loneliness. And that's the, that's the sad problem. That's what I really want to talk about today. It's not a teaching message per se, but it's, a, it's, it's just a declaration message. It's just to tell you that God is the God of the lonely. Uh, God is the God of the lonely. So I don't care how you describe yourself, where you are now, where you know, listening to this message. I want to reassure you that God cares for you. God cares for the lonely. God has a soft spot for people who are lonely. First, I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't do when you are lonely. When you are lonely, the first thing you shouldn't do is try to blame other people for your loneliness. Because oftentimes that's what people do. They try to blame the world. They try to blame everybody around them. They try to, you know, turn it around and blame their, you know, their parents, their friends, the church, the society uh, who has failed them. They, they, they try to turn it outside. The problem, with that, the problem is that anger does not resolve your loneliness. And people you blame are not naturally attracted to you. None of you really get attracted to people who blame you. You know, when people blame you, the natural reaction is to defend, to be defensive. Uh, very, very few people are mature to, will be mature enough to understand that this is a cry of a lonely person, all right? I mean, sometimes blame is a cry that someone is lonely. When someone is angry, when someone is blaming, when someone is, you know, really, really blaming us, you know, a lot of time it's a cry. It's a cry that I'm lonely, I'm suffering. It's a cry that I'm, 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 I'm feeling disconnected. It's a cry that I'm feeling alone, I'm feeling abandoned, I need help. Uh, but that's not always obvious to others. You know, if you try to blame them, you don't call me. You know, I have noticed in my life, people who complain that I don't call them are the people I don't call the most. Have you noticed that? People will complain that you don't call them at the people you're not likely going to call. Because once you pick up your phone, you're thinking, oh, he's going to start complaining when I call. When they go, oh, you're just calling me since last week, you know? It's been, oh, you, you've abandoned me. We don't like to hear that. You know that, right? That's just not something pleasant that we want to hear. Now, we try to postpone hearing that, right? You say, you know, I know if I call now, oh, I should have called two days ago. Now that I didn't call two days ago, if I call now, she's going to say, oh, now you just remembered me. Then I'm going to delay that for next, to, to tomorrow, right? Then tomorrow I'm going to say, you know, I'm not in the mood to hear that kind of thing now. Now let me, next week, you know? Oh, no, no, I'm not feeling good. Let me do it next, the following day. Let me do it when I'm driving. So I just know that, you know what, I'm just going to hear all the complaint, all the this, all the that. Then you're driving, you're listening to a nice music. Say, I don't want to mess up this mood. <laughs> so let me move it when I, when I get home, right? You get home, you meet things, you go on, you say, you know what? I don't want to do this before I go to sleep. Otherwise, I just get angry on my bed. You know, you keep on. Now it's worse. So I want you to just notice that if you're the complainer, right? Yeah, if that's how you voice your complain of loneliness or being abandoned, being rejected, you're not likely going to get response. 
Uh, now, for those of us who are on the other side, maybe we should realize those complaints, they are cry of a lonely person. Maybe we should really think about it. Maybe that's a cry of a lonely person. Maybe we can just endure through that and try to reach out more and see how we can help. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. I see, I see Apostle Paul writing here, and I thought, wow, this is such a, you know, this is such a good place to deal with this. Very, very painful thing. Uh, you know, he was talking to his son, describing his experience when he was, you know, arrested, you know, for the sake of the gospel. Look at what he said. He said, at my first defense, no one came to my support. That's a, that's a lonely person. No one. Can you imagine you are the Apostle Paul, a man of God? I mean, you've done so many. You've helped so many people. You've preached to so many people. They saved. They are saved. You've healed so many people. You've planted so many churches. You've ordained so many people. You know, you've labored tirelessly for so many people. Then when you need them the most, isn't that when you need them? At least to attend a court case, right? Can you imagine you're being accused? You have to defend yourself. Nobody showed up in court. No single person to at least show that they care for you, they love you. And this is the apostle. Now, this thing was a pain him so much that he had to write it in the letter. And we are reading it 2,000 years later. And he said, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Wow. Everyone deserted me. But I like how he said it, how he concluded, he said, may it not be held against them. So this was a forgiving man. This was someone that wasn't necessarily going to go on and be angry and really say, may God punish them. May God deal with them. May God reward them with everything I've done for them. I've labored for them. Nobody showed up. I said, but may it not be aired. But look at verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. And that's my message for you, that the Lord is always available. I don't know. The Lord is always available. You know, so I don't know. You're listening to this message. Maybe you feel like Apostle Paul. You feel like no one showed up for you. No one was there in your time of need. No one came through. You made those calls. Every one of them, you got the answering machine. And no one returned the call. You send WhatsApp, you can tell that they read your WhatsApp. I later figure you can really know whether someone read your WhatsApp message. You know they read it because the check turned blue. But no response. You feel so abandoned, alone, rejected, and disconnected. But I want you to remember, the Lord we always stand by you. The Lord we always give you strength because he is the God of the lonely and rejected. Hallelujah. Another thing we try to do is to try to cure our loneliness with vanity, with stuff. And that's what leads people to all kinds of addiction. 
People try to cure their loneliness with drugs, for example. A lot of people addicted to drugs are trying to cure something. Addicted to pornography, addicted to uh, whether it's prescription drug, whether it's other hard drugs, the way we call them, you know, or whether it's just stuff. Sometimes people try to cure it with stuff. You just go shopping. You know, now it's easy. You go online, you just shop. You go on a shop, and packages in the mail just make you feel so good. You know, you're tracking those packages. Yeah, it's about to come. You're so good. You know? You know, because loneliness is terrible. I mean, I've read about, you know, some of the um, uh, people in solitary confinement. I mean, how they talk about being so happy just seeing a spider. You know, after they've been so lonely for a very long time, just seeing a living thing, just crawling, creates some excitement. That's how terrible loneliness can be. Hallelujah. So don't try to fill it with stuff. You know, don't try to fill it with material things because truly they cannot fill it. You know, you can't. Don't try to artificially, you know, just, you know, just start dating, go on dating hub, go on all these things to try to connect. If it is, if you're trying to cure loneliness with that, let me tell you, you're never going to be able to cure loneliness with that. It's not. And that's why you should read Ecclesiastes chapter 1, chapter 2, maybe chapter 3. Uh, it talks about, you know, uh, Solomon's quest to solve his loneliness problem. And look at, if you look at verse 2, I mean chapter 2, he said, I said in my heart. From chapter 1, he's talked about different things. He's tried to cure his loneliness. It's, so in verse 1 of chapter 2, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But he said, but behold, this was also vanity. And I tried to just, you know, to, to just go to all the parties in the world. You know, visit all the clubs in the world. Visit all the uh, comedy clubs in the world. You know, now, those things have their place to enjoy, to have fun every once in a while. But if you're trying to cure loneliness with them, they're never going to cure your loneliness. And he went on and on to, to, to tell us what he has done. You know, I, I said laughter, you know, pleasure. I did all these things. I used, in fact, he said I used wine. You know, I went to cheer my body with wine. But he said... All was vanity. And look at what they call it. It is striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. You're never going to cure your loneliness by trying to fill it with things. Fill it with men, boyfriend, girlfriend. Fill it with, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, going to bars, going to parties. They are never going to fill it. Because loneliness is a feeling that is deep inside. It's a sickness inside that, need, that only God can heal. Only God can touch. You know, when God is feeling that, you will discover that you can really enjoy yourself. You can really be alone and not be lonely. 
You can be alone for a period of time because God allows all of us, you know, to even be alone for a period of time. We're going to talk about that next week. The loneliness can actually be a blessing from God. Almost everyone that God has used, God has had to separate them. You know, separate them, you know, from people, from family, from friends. Everybody has had to go through that moment in their life. Uh, you know, so it can be a blessing. So don't try to artificially fill it with things so that you can, uh, you know, you can cure it. You are never going, mo- nobody has ever cured it. Look at these celebrities. Look at how they describe their life. I mean, even some of them, you think they are fine, you know, then many, many years, they go, do a, they go do an interview, and you're like, we thought she was great. They start telling you about their story of drug use, of this, of how they feel neglected, alone. I never used to understand that. I never used to, used to understand how, you know, Michael Jackson would say, I never had my teens. You know, many years ago, I was like, what are you talking about? You're having fun, everybody's clapping for you. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, until I grow a little older, I understand that it can be very lonely. Many of them are the loneliest people, you know, no meaningful connection without string attached. They have none. They have none. There are people that will be there for them because they need their stuff. But when those stuff ain't there, oh, they, nobody's there. They've gone to the next person, you know, who is raining now. Uh, so it's very important for us to know that none of these things, you know, applause, you know, you know celebrity likes, life, whatever it is, can never kill. There's no amount of shoes and bags and suits that can cure loneliness if that is what you're trying to use them for. There's no, there's no amount of parties, there's no amount of drink that can cure that. And that's why when you are in your moment of loneliness, the place to go to is God. Uh, the best place to go to is God. David was lonely. Oh, he was a man that understood loneliness. Uh, Loneliness, being ostracized by his family. You know, he was never someone that would get invited to party. Even your own family party, you get left out. All right? Uh, He got alone. Even when he was in King Saul, he was isolated, ostracized, Label as the rebellious person, someone that has a target. So he had a target on his back, lonely again, separated. Then he had to run away for his life. He had to live in caves. He had to live, you know, he had to just be watching. He was such a lonely person. And look at what he said in Psalm 25, verse 15. He said, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from this snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Loneliness brings a serious emotional affliction. But look at what he did with his loneliness. He went to God. Most of his psalmists were read, they were psalmists of a lonely person. They were songs of an afflicted person. There were songs of someone that was going through a moment of depression, 
moment of loneliness feeling of abandonment feelings of reject rejection that was what he went through if you read psalm try to put yourself enter into the spirit of psalm you're going to realize that this was a psalm of someone that was crying to God. I don't know who you are. You might be a teenager, you know, just going through a moment of loneliness. I want you to know that God cares for the lonely. God cares for you. Your parents might not understand you. Your friends might not understand you. You might just be so weird that nobody understands you. You're just, there's some weirdness, you know, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you laugh, the way you do things that just, you know, makes you to just feel so ostracized, lonely, you know, disconnected. I want you to know that there's someone that is there for you. That is God, your Father in heaven. Instead of trying to be angry at the world, trying to be angry at everybody, that is going to further ostracize you being angry. Instead of trying to, you know, fill it with drug, fill it with, with drink, fill it with smoking, vaping, whatever you do, that is, go, you're trying to treat symptoms with something that is dangerous. All right? That is never going to, because you're going to wake up from that stupor. You're going to wake up from the highness of uh, the vaping or whatever it is, and you're going to go, you're going to, but you're going to be lonelier than you started. Instead of doing all that, I want you to know that you have a father in heaven who cares for the lonely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what he told us in the scripture that we read in Psalm 68. He said, verse 5, a father to the fatherless. A father to the fatherless. A defender of the widows. So in those days, this meant a lot. I mean, because this is a time when everything revolved around the man of the house. The man was the breadwinner. The man was the person that provided the house. The man provided shelter. The man, the father of the house, provided everything. When the father is not there, it was a major loss. Widows were the loneliest people because chances are she's never worked, she's never had to pay bills, she's never had to do anything. Then the husband is gone. It's not like today when thankfully a lot of men can survive. They can hold their own. You know, you know, you can, you know, with some assistance, you can, you know, you can. Those days it was tough. It was difficult. So God is saying, I'm a father to the fatherless. I am there for you. Even when your father, earthly father, forsake you, I am there for you. I am a defender of the widow. I'm not just there for them. I am going to defend them. But what happens when the widow is angry at God? What happened when the fatherless is blaming everybody and angry at God? How can you experience God's loving hands and God's loving arm and God's embrace and his open arm when you are running away from it? The only way an open arm can help you is when you run into it, when, not when you run away from it. 
So I want to challenge you, run into the hand of God. Don't run away from it. And he's always stretching his open arm. No matter how bad you are, no matter how terrible you are, no matter how... I mean, you've seen some people prayed in the Bible and God still answered them. Even Jonah, who was running away from God, got to the belly. If we were God, you're like, you're going to perish in that belly. <laughs> you think you can run away from Now you can pray. Oh, now you can pray? Okay, go on, pray. <laughs> well, God is not like that. No matter what you have done, you've been disobedient, you've been done, you are that, you are at your wit hand lonely in the belly of the fish, either literally or probably, you can always still cry to God. Jonah still cried and God still answered. Isn't that wonderful? That's the kind of God that we serve. You can never be too bad for him to hear you. He hears the cry of a lonely person anytime, any day. I remember when Hagar was running, was kicked out. This was somebody that was not part of God's plan. Hagar and um, uh, uh, Sarah's, uh, uh, whatever, whatever we call it, I forgot. Hallelujah. When she was kicked out, kicked out of there. And she was kicked out because she had to be kicked out. Right? She wasn't part of that. She wasn't part of the plan. You know, the, the song wasn't part of the plan. She wasn't part of the plan. She was kicked out. But she cried, and God still answered. God still spoke to her. This is somebody that is not part of the covenant. How much you who are part of God's covenant? You think God wouldn't care for you? You think God wouldn't hear you? In your time of loneliness. So I want to challenge you. Please don't run away from God when you are lonely. Run to him. Hallelujah. A defender of the widow is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious, people will reject him. Live in some scotch land. Not because God wants them to, but because they say, we don't want you, God. Why did you take away my father? Why did you do this to me? Why did you do this to me? I mean, when that is your attitude, you miss out on God's loving hand. So I want to challenge you, don't miss out on God's loving hand. Psalm, verse, Psalm chapter 9, Psalms 9. Verse 9 and 10 say, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name, trust in you. Lord, I've never forsaken those who seek you. It doesn't forsake those who seek him. It doesn't. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in your time of loneliness. Don't run away from him. Run to him. Look at the prodigal son. He tried to cure his loneliness with things. The more he did, the more dissatisfied. The more he did, the more disappointed until he came back to his senses and said, 
I'm going back home. I want you to say, I am going back home. Always remember you can go back home. Just always remember you can go back home. If you also look at the ministry of Jesus, I'll just end by letting you know, just to prove to you that God cares for people who are lonely. Jesus devoted an enormous amount of his time to people who are lonely, to people who are ostracized, to people who have been abandoned. I remember in John chapter 5, Jesus walked up to a man who was by the pool. There was a pool in Bethesda where people get healed. Once a year, the pool will get steered by an angel and the first person to jump into the pool, get their healing. So people camp by this pool year in, year out. A lot of invalid people, a lot of crippled, a lot of sick people, they're there. But there was a man who was there. Bible says he's been lying there for 38 years. Invalid. Invalid means paralyzed. Was invalid, paralyzed. But there was something unique about him. He was lonely. Now, every other person, paralyzed, uh, lame, blind, they had somebody to help them. And you can tell when Jesus asked the man, uh, I'm trying to look for it now in verse 5. One who, John chapter 5. One who was there has been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Look at verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me. I mean, look at how he began. You can tell he's lonely. I have no one. I don't know if that describes you. You have no one. I could have been helped, but I have no one. I could have been healed maybe 37 years ago when I got here, but I had no one. When the pool gets steered and people are jumping in, I have to try to do like this, roll myself however I can do, but before I can ever get there, it's the, the opportunity is closed. I had no one. To help me into the pool when the water she stared. While I'm trying to get in, someone else gets down ahead of me. And Jesus said, you don't have to get in. You need to get up now. And Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was killed, he picked up his mat and walked. Why did Jesus choose this man of everyone that was there? I imagine there are hundreds, maybe thousands of people fighting to get into the water. 
But Jesus chose this person that had no one. Maybe that is what describes you. You have no one. No helper, no support. Everyone deserted you. Everyone left. It's possible the first year you had a few people, second year, you know, a few people showed up, third year, by fourth, you know what? <laughs> I think we have a job to do. Everybody called out, everybody counseled on him, everybody said, you know, this. Then he had nobody. Maybe that describes you. I want you to know that Jesus pays attention to you. Your cry will never go unseen. Your cry will never go unanswered. But you just have to reach out to him. 